Welcome to the Rage for Justice Report from Consumer Watchdog. Each week, we deliver hard-hitting analysis of the issues of the day and share the human truth of what these policies mean for real people. I'm your host, Carmen Balber, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog, and this week we'll be talking with Annette Ramirez, whose family survived a medical negligence nightmare. Annette was inducted into our Consumer Advocate Hall of Fame at the 2019 Rage for Justice Awards, so there's no better person to be a guest on the Rage for Justice podcast. Welcome, Annette. Hi, Carmen. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you, and thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks so much for taking the time out uh, to join us today. Um, we wanted to invite you um, because you're part of the Consumer Watchdog family and because your story is so central to one of the biggest fights we're in right now, which okay. is a fight to update a law that has not changed since 1975 that caps compensation for victims of medical negligence, families like yours who have been harmed by the medical system, and then find out to their surprise uh, that justice is capped uh, for their compensation. Yeah, it's, it's truly an egregious law and it needs to be changed. So we will um, maybe just start out uh, with you telling your story. Um, Annette suffered a series of medical errors that resulted uh, in um, a pretty horrific outcome uh, for, from yeah. what she was anticipating when she first went into the hospital. So, Annette, just share a little bit of your story with us. What happened to you? Sure. In August of 2012, I went into the hospital for a routine hysterectomy, something that over 600,000 women a year go through. Um, I was expecting to get out the next day, um, but during the, during the actual surgery, um, the doctor cut my colon and left it untreated and ignored all the signs and symptoms. Instead, when I was in pain the next day, he decided to keep me overnight. Um, I was told later that he had ordered an enema. Um, he had not checked or done any kind of CAT scan or anything because of my pain. Instead, he decided that he thought I had gas from the anesthesia, ordered the enema, and by the next day, by Friday, um, I was completely septic. Had he come to visit me, really looked at my symptoms, he would have known that something had gone wrong during the surgery um, and that the cut colon would have been recognized due to my symptoms. Instead, for more than 40 hours, I was left untreated. And by that Friday, I was in complete septic shock. Um, immediately, I was rushed to the ICU where they repaired the colon. Um, but I was placed into a medically induced coma, which lasted for four months. And during that time, the sepsis was so severe that it burnt my skin from the inside out. Um, so not only was I a victim of sepsis, but I also became a victim um, of being burnt. Um, I was transferred to the burn unit in Torrance, California, and basically was treated for nine months. 
um, during that four month period that I was in the coma, um, they indicated that because my limbs have become so gangrene that they were gonna have to amputate all four of my limbs. The end result was that you went into the hospital for a simple hysterectomy and because of a medical error, you left the hospital two years later, if I'm right, without your arms and legs. That's correct. I got out of the hospital in April of 2014 after having gone in August 1st, 2012. But shortly after I did get out of the hospital, there were a series of various um, implications or complications, I should say, from all the surgeries that I was in and out of the hospital for another six months. So tell me a little bit about um, when you learned about this 1975 law. And I'll preface this um, by uh, telling the listeners that this compensation cap for victims of medical negligence set in 1975 says uh, for your lifetime of disability, for your lifetime of pain and suffering, for everything that you have lost the ability to do, um, your compensation can be no higher than $250,000 for that lifetime of loss. Um, and that was capped in $1975 and has never been updated for today. Um, and I, I'm sure our listeners would be very interested in hearing how you felt when you learned about that cap. Well, first of all, I think it's a law that most people don't even know about. Yeah. And of course, um, my family and I didn't know about it. So when we were told um, shortly after I got out of the coma and we had to retain an attorney, which was extremely difficult to do so because most attorneys won't take medical malpractice cases because of the cap. Um, But when we were told, we were absolutely shocked um, because after all that not only myself physically went through, but my family went through just in that short time after I did wake up from the coma, um, $250,000 could never, ever replace what we went through and also went through after that, after learning about the cap, after being in the hospital for two years and coming home as a quad amputee, it was it was just flabbergasting to us. And it, it's the holidays. We've just been through the holidays. We all have family right. traditions. Uh, I'm right. sure your holiday is very different now uh, than it was five years ago before you went into the hospital. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean... Before, I was a full-time working mom. I have two children, um, and the holidays were just um, just like every other normal family that celebrates the holidays. It's shopping. It's wrapping presents. For me, it was cooking. Uh, cooking was something I really enjoyed, and over the holidays, making cookies and you know, getting my young daughter involved in in baking cookies and um, making a turkey or pork or ham and having the family over and decorating the house. Well, obviously I can't do any of that now. I mean, sure, I can go out shopping, 
Um, I can shop on the internet and there are always gift bags now instead of wrapping. Um, but some of the things I enjoyed most, um, like cooking and decorating, um, I just have to watch my family around me doing that. And it's very painful. And it was very painful for those first two years while I was in the hospital and not being able to be at home with my family and, um, you know, share them with them as opposed to them coming just to the hospital for a few hours and exchanging gifts. They were so sweet to come and decorate my room and make it feel like home, but it, it could never be. It was, it was very hurtful. And, um, and now, like you mentioned, Carmen, celebrating the holidays, it's just not like it used to be, but, you know, I am grateful to be able to be here and have survived what I went through um, to be able to enjoy them with my family. Well, I have to say that um, it, it can't be easy to share what your family has been through, but I, but I have to mention that um, your story is horrific. Uh, it's painful to hear, and I feel for you every time I hear it, but at the same time, you are also <laughs> the happiest, most energetic, <laughs> most life-loving person I know. Um, so uh, you have turned this... I mean, I have I, I've seen uh, what could be, a, a, and I'm sure I know was a devastating tragedy. Also, you've turned it into um, into something positive, and I just want to really thank you for sharing what your family has been through, and maybe ask you why you decided to speak out about it about these issues, why you continue speaking out uh, about this about this law and what it's meant for your family. Well, the more and more I learned about the law and the things that medical malpractice victims go through, um, the more I wanted to, you know, be an integral part of this rage for justice to overturn this law. I know it can't help our family, but I know there are so many other families that are the victims of medical malpractice. For instance, uh, single mothers with children that are working every day to support their family. Um, what happens if something devastating becomes of one of her children and she only has this $250,000 to rely on? And at the same time, she may or may not um, have um, paid for insurance by her employer. She may be paying for her own insurance. I just don't know how any family could survive such a tragedy like that, or even having the loss of a child and then finding out that the loss of their child is worth a mere 250,000. Um, I can't imagine how heartbreaking and devastating that could be. Um, so I, I just feel like I am so fortunate to have been able to have survived this tragedy and now be able to speak out on behalf of other victims that may not have had the same resources that I have to have been able to get through this and still be able to be a part of my family and, and be a part of this fight. So that's why I've decided that this is something very important that I want to lend a voice to. Well, thank you for lending your voice to this fight. And I want to let our listeners know that the Fairness for Injured Patients Act 
is the ballot measure uh, that is seeking qualification for the 2020 ballot in November in California. We just launched signature gathering a few weeks ago in Sacramento, and we want to urge our listeners to look out for signature gatherers at their grocery store if they support changing this 1975 law, finally updating it for today. And they can also go to consumerwatchdog.org to watch a video of that signature gathering launch where we had, as you mentioned, many moms telling their stories about what they lost, families telling their stories about what this compensation cap has meant for them, how it has prevented them from seeking justice. Um, so again, thank you, uh, Annette, for joining us on the Rage for Justice report. Um, and we hope to talk with you again soon. Absolutely. And I am so happy to be here. And I urge um, our listeners to please vote yes in November 2020. This is such an important law to overturn. And I really appreciate all of you joining us in this fight. Thanks for joining us this week on the Rage for Justice Report. If you like the show and want to learn more about the Fairness for Injured Patients Act, you can visit the website fairnessact.org. And of course, visit our website, consumerwatchdog.org, where you can also read about our work and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, so you'll never miss a show. Be sure to, sure to tune in next week for our next episode, and thanks for listening.